0: Hey everyone, thank you so much for joining us today on the She's Invincible podcast. And I have an invincible woman to introduce you to today. Heather Dominick is a woman who is impressively successful and highly sensitive. A former high school drama teacher who collaborated with none other than Bette Midler, a graduate of NYU where she received her first coach training. Heather is the winner of the 2015 Best of Manhattan Coaching Award and creator of the 2014 Stevie Award-winning virtual event, A Course in Business Miracles, 21-day discovery series that attracted close to 6,000 official registrants from all around the world, including Iceland, Nigeria, Russia, Asia, South America, Australia, Europe, and the U.S. She has appeared on Lifetime television and has been published in numerous books, including Stepping Stones to Success, along Deepak Chopra. An exceptional facilitator and teacher, Heather is known for creating a safe, sacred environment for true transformation, whether delivering training online or in person. Since 2010, Heather has taught thousands of highly sensitive entrepreneurs and leaders from around the globe how to release lifelong limiting beliefs, overcome fears, and develop new leadership skills in order to excel in business and life by doing things differently to create more impact and income. Welcome, Heather. It is so, so great to have you here on the She's Invincible podcast.
1: Mm, Thank you so much, Cami. Thank you for that beautiful introduction. And I'm so looking forward to our conversation.
0: Oh girl, I am just excited to have you here and just, you know, ever since our first conversation, I've been like, hmm, what is this? What is this? And I'm thinking I might be one. Oh my gosh. (laughs) So there may be some revealing here (laughs) and I'm super excited for it. So let's do this. Let's jump in. Let's tell our listeners, how did you get where you are today? And what makes you invincible?
1: Beautiful. Well, I'll try to keep it as brief as possible, and I know you'll do a fabulous job of asking me more questions where needed, as needed. Um, so first of all, I've been self-employed for almost 20 years now. And before that, as you beautifully mentioned, I was a high school drama teacher. So entering into the world of self-employment was a you know major, major shift for me. And I definitely had to face a lot of fears and I would even say like just downright terror of, you know, just the the enormity of what it means to be self-employed. And that has just really led to this beautiful path that has continued to unfold again almost over these last couple of decades where I went from being a nutrition and wellness coach to then teaching others the spiritual principles that I was applying to be able to be successful in business. And then from there, over the last decade or so, really understanding for myself that I am a highly sensitive person and then how to apply that to entrepreneurship and leadership and to be able to then pass on what I've learned to teach and mentor others to do the same. So that's the nutshell. And, uh, like I said, I'm sure we'll, we'll go deeper and further and you'll take us there.
0: (laughs) Yeah. Oh, I'm here to take you there. (laughs) Yeah. So I know one of the things that we talked about that I do not want to gloss over is, uh, As a teacher, uh, you were a teacher, I believe, during September 11th, right? Yes, yes. Yes. And so I think that that is uh, something that we want to take a second to talk about a little bit about that. Uh, You're in New York City. uh, You know, you're there now. You were there then. You were a teacher in a school. The world, you know, endured the devastation. So let's go there. Did, did you know? Here's a question. Did you know you were a sensitive uh, person or entrepreneur at that time?
1: Absolutely not. No.
0: Okay. Though so that was definitely
1: a pivotal time, uh, as you said, for so many of us, definitely for those of us living in New York City, but also just in regards to what was happening for myself personally in my own life, my own world. So, right before 9 11, I had just transitioned from teaching full-time at a public high school on Long Island to teaching at an inner-city school um, in Manhattan. And so I did the opposite of what most people do, or at least most teachers, tend to start off in the city and then try to get a job in the suburbs. And while I was teaching in the suburbs, I still lived in Manhattan and that came with a really, really long commute. Uh, It was about an hour and a half each way. And though I absolutely loved my students, I loved the work. I knew that just for myself personally, I was not meant to be living on Long Island. I love my city life. And so when I was offered tenure at that very affluent public school on Long Island, it was definitely a choice point. And I had to deny that tenure, which people thought I was absolutely crazy, um, and then ended up leaving that job to take the inner city job. So I had just started teaching at this inner city school literally days before 9-11, The wonderful thing about this school is that I was able to walk to work. And again, huge change from having done an hour and a half commute. And I was actually walking to work when 9-11 was happening, literally like right behind me. Where I lived was just less than a mile from ground zero. And just the way that the timing was in terms of the streets that I was on, I wasn't aware that it was happening behind me until I got into the school. I went up to my classroom, which was on the ninth floor of a 13-story full block building. And as I was teaching, I had these huge floor-to-ceiling windows, and I started seeing this massive cloud of black black smoke just moving across the sky. And then slowly we all started to hear what was what, what was happening. It really was such a definitive time. And through that, although I wouldn't necessarily have been able to name it, most likely as I was living through it, but with the ability to look back on it, I would say living through 9-11 in the way that I did absolutely played a part in my decision to then just a couple of years later, choose to leave teaching and to start my self-employment career path. And I think it really is because especially for those of us living in the city at the time, it was this, there was this energy in the air of, you know, what are you going to do with your life and whatever it is that you want to do, don't wait. And that definitely played a part to kind of kick me out of the employment nest and take the leap.
0: Wow. So that kind of was the pivotal moment, right? That was the shift there that took you to this next place. So, and as devastating as that is, it's always, I know you always probably look back to the grateful part of it, right? Where it's like, you wouldn't be where you are today. If you, if you had not endured that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, so tell us what makes you invincible besides what, what you just said and what you've endured. Yeah. Well, so let, us, I mean, let us in gosh. on that.
1: Yes, that's just one of, of many, but I would say, you know, to be able to answer in short in regards to Invincible, I think for myself, I kind of translate the word Invincible into resilience, right? So. Uh, For me, resilience is more of an ongoing state, uh, an opportunity to decide over and over and over again that regardless of the difficulty, regardless of the challenge, uh, regardless of feelings of fear or anything similar, I'm going to look for the learning. I'm going to open up to how I can continue to move forward, how I can continue to grow, and how can I be a better person because of what I have experienced, what I'm experiencing now. So for me, that is the Invincible Woman formula. It's not necessarily, again, in my opinion, a consistent state. But a choice that we continuously make, repeatedly.
0: I love that. It it is like a state of mind, right? Like you can you can choose that over and over and over again yes. in your response to whatever comes your way. Yes. Wow. Well, Let's start with this. Let's start with what does being highly sensitive even mean? I mean, we're all out here, right? And there there could be, you know, reasons why we're not getting where we're headed and, you know, things that block us and maybe this is the answer. So yeah, that we haven't identified yet, right? It's like a different language. Sure. Yeah. For so sure. share with us what exactly does that mean?
1: Absolutely. So first and foremost, the phrase highly sensitive is not coined by me at all, Uh, really comes from psychological research that primarily started in the 1990s. There's one woman in particular who tends to be the face or lead of the highly sensitive movement. Her name is Dr. Elaine Aaron, And yet she's far from the only researcher in, in this regard. And the research that's been done has identified that being highly sensitive basically means that your nervous system is wired differently than someone who's not highly sensitive. So for a person who's highly sensitive, your nervous system is going to take in stimulation at a much higher degree than, again, someone who's not highly sensitive. So that stimulation could be in regards to all the senses, sight, sound, smell, touch, yet also in regards to information also in regards to energy and when the nervous system is untrained i'm sure possibly maybe even listening you can start to make the dot connection of like oh that would be really difficult if your nervous system was taking in stimulation at a much higher degree and that is true however It also positions us, for those of us who are highly sensitive, with a very unique set of strengths. So, also really important to highlight that being highly sensitive is biological not just psychological, and it also is not something that somebody else did to you. So it's literally how you're born into the world. The work that I do is how to be able to work with and manage your nervous system if you are a person who feels called to be self-employed, as well as if you are a person who feels called to utilize your nervous system to support you in being able to lead and lead possibly more in the traditional sense, such as leader of your business, leader of the boardroom, leading position within organization or association, but also leader in regards to the definition of just leader of your life, right? Leader in terms of how you show up in your family, how you show up with your friends, how you show up in your community. So for those of us who are highly sensitive, it does require going about things differently. And again, that's where myself and my work come in.
0: I love it. Okay, I'm sure I'll I'll ask you some more questions and we're going to move right into uh, what does it mean to contribute to the world, right? As a highly sensitive entrepreneur.
1: So I think to be able to answer the question about how to be able to contribute, you have to first understand more about, as I was saying, what it means to be an untrained highly sensitive versus a trained highly sensitive. So there's top 12 top shadow behaviors that I've identified and 12 top strength behaviors that I've identified. The shadow behaviors uh are, are definitely relatable. Again, if you have a sense that you might be highly sensitive, but you haven't necessarily really done anything to work with yourself as a highly sensitive, then most likely you can really identify with shadows such as overwhelm. Uh, Again, very easy to understand the nervous system is overstimulated. So overwhelm for you as a highly sensitive goes far beyond kind of the way that that word is just tossed around nonchalantly. There's literally an experience of the nervous system being flooded, becoming fuzzy and foggy, um, maybe not being able to process information quickly. There's also the shadow of over-responsibility because as a a person whose nervous system is wired to take in stimulation, you can tend to really be able to feel what others are feeling. When you're in the shadow of over-responsibility, then you believe that just because you can feel someone's feelings that you're responsible for that. And then the shadow of overprotection, which is recognizing that the world does feel overstimulating to you. You set things up to try to prevent yourself from being overwhelmed, really creating a barrier, a wall between you and and so much of the world and just life in general. But when you're able to shift into strengths, when you're able to go through a training process, such as that of what I teach in the highly sensitive leadership training programs, then you're able to access strengths such as our deep ability to be intuitive, our deep ability to be empathic, our deep ability for listening, thinking, and feeling, and really be able to utilize those strengths to support you and really being able to create success as an entrepreneur. And primarily in a way that's very service oriented. We are absolutely like in our utmost element as highly sensitives when we're involved in utilizing our unique strengths and skills to be of service to the growth of another person, people. And so that's really where that impact comes in, right? As you recognize that you have a skill, you have an ability when you develop the ways that you get to choose when you use your strengths and you get to set yourself up to be compensated for them, it's an extremely rewarding experience, but it also really makes a massive difference for so many other
0: Oh, so one of the things that just stood out to me was when you were talking about other people's feelings and how, you know, a highly sensitive person might feel that they're responsible for that. Oh, my goodness. That's right. I'm like, she's calling me out. So, <laughs> yeah. so that is so interesting. How do you see this um, an undiagnosed, that's the only thing I can think of here, uh, you know, highly sensitive entrepreneur, how do you see them? struggle through, you know, work, like business, like building a business, uh, relationships, communication. How does that show up? Absolutely.
1: Well, I think probably first and foremost is where where highly sensitive is really going to feel that negative impact is in trying to be somebody that you're not. So this is very common for a lot of highly sensitives. This is where it's valuable to mention the research, which identifies that there's 20% of us who are born into the world highly sensitive. So with that in mind, you can really just very easily see, okay, that's a 2080 setup, right? Which means that the majority of the world is designed for the other 80%. So for most of us who are highly sensitive, somewhere along the line, growing up, school, families, first jobs, you got the impression, if not full understanding, like, wait a minute, um, not everyone else necessarily processes the way that I do. Not everyone else really experiences the world the way that I do. When most of us are experiencing some sense of being different, and we don't necessarily have guidance about how to frame that difference, the mind is immediately going to equate that difference with being wrong. And being that again, the majority of the world is set up for the other 80%, not being highly sensitive tends to be celebrated, right? And so that's another kind of reason that the mind then equates being sensitive as wrong. So there tends to be this baggage, for lack of a better way of saying it, we also use the language of wounds in the highly sensitive leadership training program that develop unconsciously over time. So you bring that into everything. You bring that into your relationships. You bring that into your work. And definitely, if you're choosing the path of self-employment, you bring that into your business. So What does this do then? It sets up the challenge of trying to establish a business, trying to build a business, market a business, sell in a business, operate a business, all in a way that's primarily being taught for those who are not highly sensitive. Setting up a pattern of, oh my gosh, I feel like I have something so important to bring to the world. Why does it feel so hard to do that? You join coaching programs. Back in the day when we were in person, you go to workshops, you read books, you look at people online and social media. Why does this look so easy for everybody else? And the primary reason is because it's being taught in a way that is designed for the other 80%. So then we have to start to unravel all of those various challenges. And again, it shows up in all regards and understand, okay, just because I'm highly sensitive doesn't mean that I can't market, doesn't mean that I can't sell, doesn't mean that I can't operate a business. It just means that in order for me to do it in a way that really works for myself and my nervous system, I'm going to need to go about it differently. And then again, that's the work that I do and where I come in.
0: That is amazing. That It's like the key to unlock the door, right? Yes. 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 For someone who has been struggling to be able to, you know, to come see you and figure this out and then learn this way that actually can work for them is definitely the key that would unlock their door. So one last question around this is how do you see anxiety and depression as it relates to this is sometimes is that maybe misdiagnosed or one sends you into the other? What does that look like?
1: For sure. For sure.
0: Well, I think
1: probably this is a great place to say that, you know, what we experience as a person who's highly sensitive doesn't mean that someone who's not highly sensitive doesn't also experience that. Of course, people who are not highly sensitive, they experience overwhelm. People who are not highly sensitive experience anxiety. People who are not highly sensitive experience depression. The key is, is the role that our nervous system lays in our experiences as a person who is highly sensitive. So anxiety and depression really tend to be a part of what I teach as a highly sensitive coping cycle. And the highly sensitive coping cycle basically speaks to how for most of us who are highly sensitive have developed a way of coping in a world that is not designed for us. It involves also three coping mechanisms that I teach. You have the coping mechanism of pushing, the coping mechanism of hiding, and the coping mechanism of what I refer to as combo plattering, which is you bop back and forth between the two. Very, very, very short terms. Uh, Someone who tends towards pushing, you will get done what another 80% can get done, but it will come at a very high cost for you, typically in the form of health issues and relationship issues someone who tends towards hiding, you will find all ways to keep yourself busy, but avoiding those very most necessary pieces to move a project forward. So for a person who's a highly sensitive entrepreneur, most likely you have like the most gorgeous website, you have a perfect social media channel, you have amazing programs and all of your materials are gorgeous, yet you do not necessarily have clients for the number of clients that you're looking for. When you're in the coping cycle, there's something that will trigger you into a sense of anxiety, into a sense of feeling unsafe as a person who's highly sensitive, which will throw you into that coping mechanism. And the coping mechanism then there's a, uh, a period where you come down, quote unquote, or you start to really beat yourself up for, again, why does it have to be so hard for me? Why is this such a different experience for me than others? Which can then go into that sense of depression, which then goes into a sense of soothing recovery until we're triggered and we get tossed around and around that coping cycle again and again. Hopefully, just even as you're listening, you can get a sense of like, wow, that is exhausting. (laughs) So when you're caught in the coping cycle, there's never a real sense of feeling fully grounded in yourself or feeling fully grounded in a sense of purpose, fully grounded in your work. There's always anxiety or depression right around the cycle corner. And that's
0: tends
1: to be how anxiety and depression show up differently for those of us who are highly sensitive.
0: Wow. That is amazing and definitely, definitely explains, you know, why people get into that or how they get into that tailspin. And you know, one day they're on the right track and the next day they're sabotaging themselves. And you know, what do they say? One step forward, two steps back. Right. Oh, my. That's what this all sounds like to me. But it also I see I I, re- I resonate with a little bit of it. That's kind of scary. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my gosh. OK, so I would love to um, just talk a little bit about like how are you working with clients? You know, what kind of programs you offer? Do you do group? Do you do one on one? What are you doing in your company to serve these amazing entrepreneurs who need your help.
1: Sure, absolutely. Well, I just love talking about the work that we do um, within the Course in Business Miracles and with the Highly Sensitive Leadership Training Programs because so much time and attention and energy and research and uh, practical applications really gone into the development Of the highly sensitive leadership training programs. So, in short, we have three tiers of programming. All of the tiers are a minimum of one year. And the reason why is because it takes more than information to actually create true change. And when you are really looking at repatterning, you know, lifelong aspects of consciously learning how to cope, consciously being caught in those shadows, it does really take at least a year's time frame, where you can really be in a contained space and process of learning how to work with yourself as a person who's highly sensitive, and then also how that applies in an outwardly way to being able to effectively write a business. So the way that we set up the training programs is, first of all, every member who comes into the training programs takes the highly sensitive leadership assessment. And that leadership assessment will then place you in one of seven leadership tracks. So you will receive the curriculum track that is most supportive for where you personally are as a person who's highly sensitive, because we're all at different places, right? Not every highly sensitive person is the same, far from it. Then in addition to the leadership tracks, we have the power of community. So you have a community of other highly sensitive entrepreneurs and leaders that you can be in a shared transformational language with. Now, this really is such a secret sauce to the transformation for highly sensitives, going back to that 20%, right? We're so used to when we join a program, when we go to school, or even just the role that we tend to play in our families, we tend to be the odd one out. That's just math 20 to 80. But suddenly when you're in a community, uh run by a mentor myself who's highly sensitive supported by a coach team also all highly sensitive and then a community who are also all highly sensitive there's this beautiful acceleration that happens because you're in a space where people get you and you can start to just dismantle that sense of being the odd one out feeling not enough that there's something wrong with you. There's not, absolutely not. It's just about learning to do it in a different way. So as a community, we connect in once a week for a real-time training. With small breakout sessions for coaching and mentoring support. And then we have a forum that allows for that transformational language to continue between those weekly training and roundtable sessions. And if you choose a level where you desire one on one support from myself or the coach team, you can absolutely do that as well. So, again, everything has been so intentionally designed to really be able to support a highly sensitive. Both on an inner, per, in, inner personal development process, while simultaneously being supported with the outer tools to be able to take action in the world. Again, whether that be in your business, in a boardroom, or you know, simply the role that you play in your family. So that's the scoop.
0: <laughs> I love that. Oh my gosh, so you really do meet people right where they are, and I love that. Yes. And to our listeners, we do have some links in the show notes where you can click right now as you're listening and you can go over and check out Heather's Highly Sensitive Entrepreneur Quiz. Um, And also she's got a great Facebook group and different places there that uh, she can support you as well. So Heather, let's do this. Let's tell our listeners where they can find you. For
1: sure. Probably the best place is just go to businessmiracles.com, www.businessmiracles.com. And that will lead you to all different places, whether that be social connection or email or talking to a coach. Uh, Hopefully you'll find what you need there.
0: And now a word from our sponsor, Christine Trumbull, founder of Coaching the Climb, understands the challenges of building a successful business. She's faced many of those challenges herself and helped hundreds of clients build successful businesses. With the launch of her new podcast, The Climb with Christine, you will hear the same advice she gives her clients, as well as conversations with experts in a variety of topics, including business health relaxation mindset kids and fashion check it out on itunes the climb with christine and be sure to subscribe download and give her a rating and review Fabulous. Well, this has been amazing. What great information you have brought to us today. I am so grateful to have you with us. And you know, on the She's Invincible podcast, we not only spotlight fierce female entrepreneurs and share their expert zone of genius But we also promise our listeners that we are going to let them in behind the scenes. We are about to pull back the curtain. You see, the Heather Dominic that sits before me today is not the same Heather Dominic that journeyed to this place of great success and impact in the world. And so we want to show our listeners that they can overcome any obstacle that comes in their way, whether they're highly sensitive sensitive or not, and that they can reach the life that they desire and the success that they are working toward. And so we want to just let them in behind the curtain with you and share a little bit about your journey to encourage our listeners to get back up and chase their dreams. Are you ready? I am so ready. Oh my gosh, this is one of the my favorite parts too, right? So we, we're going to share the good, the bad and the ugly, but we're going to start with the good. We want to hear about your good story. So do you have one good story that you could share with us?
1: I think what probably first comes to mind is my marriage. And the reason why I say that is because, uh, you know, as a young woman, I experienced a tremendous amount of loss and difficulty. So I I never thought that I would get married that I just didn't think that was in the cards for me. And so to be able to connect with another person that not only did I clearly see that I wanted to share my life with, but a person who is really as committed to evolution and growth as I am and where we've really been able to travel over our 15 years of being married and almost 20 years of being together, you know, is just probably one of my most personal senses of satisfaction and accomplishment. And I will definitely say learning that I was highly sensitive made such a difference um, in my marriage. And to have a husband who is really willing to be able to work with this discovery, and um, and and not only work with it but embrace it, right? Because this wasn't necessarily the person that he thought that he had married. It was like, wait a minute, there's this whole other level here. Um, but being able to recognize, like, wow, as we really work with this together, it will make things easier and better for both of us, and that's that's absolutely what has happened.
0: Isn't that amazing? So I'm going to assume then, I was going to ask the question, but now I'm going to assume from what you said that your husband is not a highly sensitive person.
1: My husband is not. No. Yes. So,
0: <laughs> so I can just imagine how interesting that journey was. That'll be, we'll have yes. a, another episode on relationships. We'll bring you back. I would love that. Yes. So, wow. So it's possible, right? So let's tell them out there that, you know, that even if you, if you are highly sensitive, you don't have to find your perfect match in that pool, right? There are people out there uh, oh, that absolutely. are perfect for you and you just figured it out. I love it. That's awesome. Okay. So my next one is the bad. We do have to talk a little bit about the bad.
1: Yes. So the bad, I would say, um, uh, you know, again, all stemming back to just one's own personal growth journey, right? Um, What has probably presented the biggest opportunity of growth for me has been working with a team and really going for myself from a person who did not realize she was highly sensitive when I first started my business Uh, Definitely going from being a person who is untrained as a highly sensitive and having that really impact the way that I would bring people onto my team, the way that I would work with people on my team, to then being able to now be a person who understands she's highly sensitive, being a person who is trained as a highly sensitive and really being able to then work with team differently but it's been very very challenging in the past i was so naturally equipped to be an excellent teacher uh to be an excellent coach as many of us who are highly sensitive are yet those are not the skills to use when leading and running a team and not being able to understand the difference that was needed Created a lot of challenge for sure, but again, the learning uh, process and the arc, the growth arc, has has been absolutely tremendous and so incredibly valuable, um, but challenging along the way.
0: <laughs> and isn't that like an open ended? <laughs> statement because you know as as you progress right as you continue to step into that next yes. level it, it those challenges they continue to come up it's like new level new devil right definitely yeah so it's not some it's something you always pursue but do you ever actually reach the destination uh yeah and hopefully not right because we always want to be growing yes, yes we always want to be growing and and being better and going to higher levels making bigger impact yes. i love that but you know It's great that you call that out, right? Like we're always so quick to try to just make it look like it's all perfect and that we've got it all going on. But it's like these are real things that happen. And if we're not honest about them, then we're setting people up for false expectations right yes and then they think there's something wrong with them or their team or their organization because it doesn't look like everyone else's and thank you thank you thank you all right here we go we are going ugly well big smiles on our face going ugly There's
1: really so much. It's kind of like which to choose from. So I'm just going to kind of like lay out a few things on the ugly buffet, if you will. Um, Because just like you say, Cami, which I so appreciate, it's so important to know that, you know, there's just, there is a, a lot of quote unquote ugly happening for each person. And we don't, get the opportunity to to see that, to talk about it. Social media doesn't really allow for that kind of engagement. So on my ugly buffet, so I I lost my mother when I was 14. She was in a bicycle accident. It was at a time before wearing helmets was... uh, recommended or even a thing she was biking with a friend of hers fell off hit her head and we were taking her off life support just a couple weeks later Uh, i'm an only child and so then what it meant to grow up without a mother um, with a father who felt very lost with a father who went through multiple relationships and short amount of time definitely set me up for my 20s where I personally could not maintain a romantic relationship to save my life. I also had a terrible relationship with money. I had no idea how to manage it, how to save it, uh, how to keep it, where it came from. It was just really, really so disastrous. As part of that change that I made from a wealthy public school on Long Island to an inner city school in Manhattan. I took a 50% pay cut. My life balance changed in spite of 9-11. But what that did is because of 9-11, I had chosen to take some part-time jobs in order to be able to make that school system shift. Those part-time jobs disappeared in the light of 9-11. I had to file personal bankruptcy I started my first business in the midst of personal bankruptcy. I had no credit cards. I don't come from a family with money. I was not married. I had no spousal support. Um, I scrimped and saved literally $7,000 to basically set myself up to live absolute bare, 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 bare minimum for my first six months of being self-employed in order to be able to be like, okay, I. If like, I don't ever eat out again, I don't buy another piece of new clothing. um, I cut open the toothpaste, uh, (laughs) you know, to to get the very last bit of toothpaste and I can make it six months if I never sign on a client. Um, And then I would say I'll also put on the ugly buffet is when I did bring my business to a place where I crossed the seven figure mark for the first time. It was a really, really, really difficult experience. Um, I was absolutely overwhelmed, I was overworked, I was just overexhausted. I did not know that I was highly sensitive at the time, and it absolutely spun me into a very, very dark night of the soul questioning like, I just don't think I can keep doing this. And if I am going to keep doing this, then you know, I I just gotta find a different. What I will say is that that's what led me to understand that I was highly sensitive and create the most significant and pivotal change to date, including the great body of work that I have been able to create and now is the highly sensitive leadership training programs. So, all of that on the ugly buffet, just to, you know, as you so beautifully championed, Cami, is to let people know there's always more going on behind the scenes. And you think that there is. And if there's anything that you think, oh my gosh, I can't do it because fill in the blank, you know, my recommendation is find someone who's willing to have a real conversation with you and you'll discover that you are not alone.
0: Oh, Heather. Oh my gosh. And you know, you know, I'm stuck on the you had me at the dark night of the soul. It, like, and you just describe that as, as this ugly buffet. And I don't think anyone has ever quite put it so beautifully ever on the She's mm-hmm. Invincible podcast. Thank you. And, you know, as you're talking, I'm thinking I, sh- I need to ask her at what point did you find or realize that you're diagnosed with that you were a highly sensitive person and and then you said that and I you know that I think we need to remember that that it is in the most darkest moments that we find out the most we learn the most the most is revealed about us and if we can lean into that then we can do anything
1: yes absolutely for sure hands down it changed everything for me and now it changes so much for so many others and i love that you said lean in because if i had run away from that i definitely wouldn't be where i am there wouldn't be the existence of the highly sensitive leadership training programs or the business miracles community and um yeah so the work would not be there
0: your darkest night turned into your most beautiful morning Absolutely. Well, unbelievable. Well, this has just been amazing. I'm so grateful to have you here and to talk about this, this, have this conversation so deep on every level. And before we say goodbye, I would love for you to finish this sentence for me. The world would be a better place if more people knew blank.
1: Oh, I love that. The world would be a better place if more people knew that the person they see as so different from themselves is more like them than they realize.
0: Oh, mic drop. That was (laughs) amazing. Oh, my gosh. Well, thank you so much. And to our listeners today, you know how we end. If you're face down on the ground, get back up. But this is, I just want to remind you that if you are in the middle right now of the darkest night of the soul, that the greatest dawn is coming and it is a new beginning. And I hope that you will just hold on to every word every word of hope and inspiration that heather has shared with you and if you identify with any of the things that she said today about being highly sensitive that you will reach out to her and get whatever support you need so you can continue to chase your dreams so get back up girl get back up you can do it tell them heather
1: Thank you, Cammie. Absolutely. You can do it.
0: Hey, thanks so much for hanging out with us today. If you were inspired or learned something new, please subscribe to the podcast, give us a review and share us with your friends. For more information about me and how I can support you, please stop on over to my website at CammieLehman.com and book a free call with me. I'd love to meet you and learn more about how I can support you.